Welcome back to the Midnight Train to Sleepy Hills. This is going to be our second episode, the continuation of the Broken Wheelchair Part 2. Do be careful when you're traveling through Sleepy Hills. Ma'am, could you please tell me again what you saw? Lucy was losing her patience with the officer, since she had repeated herself multiple times. As she looked at the police officer standing in front of her doorway of her home, she started to notice the glazed-over eyes of the officer asking questions. One more question, ma'am. Are you taking any medications that could cause you to experience drowsiness or vivid hallucinations? No, I didn't imagine or hallucinate this event. I do not care if I was the only one to witness this terrible accident. It happened. The officer placed the clipboard in his armpit and nodded his head. I believe we have all the information we need. Thank you for calling. And if you notice anything out of the ordinary, do let us know. I can see that you're not taking me very seriously. Lucy looked at the police officer and just couldn't believe what was going on. They took Billy away. Why are you not trying to save him? The officer had a slight smirk on his face when he heard the anger in her voice. We will do the best we can to find this Billy fella, and I've called in and did and we'll put our best people on this case. Lucy wanted to slam her door shut on the officer's face, but she knew that wouldn't help the situation. Well, have a good night, ma'am. And if we have any more questions, we know how to get a hold of you. The officer turned around and walked over to his police cruiser. Lucy hugged herself and leaned back against the door. The image of a blood-soaked man laying in the middle of the street was too much to bear. The most painful part of all of this was that she knew him. Although Lucy has been retired for years, she had volunteered for the church kitchen down the street. Deep down in her heart, she knew Billy was expecting a warm breakfast instead of the taste of asphalt. He loved her cooking, and she felt like there was a sense of meaning to her life by providing for others. That her contribution, although small, meant something. The pressure of her body against the door increased as the image of those strangers became clearer in her mind. Her mouth became dry and her eyes grew wider as, she, as her heart beat increased. The urgency to do something grew with a vengeance. But what can I really do? The thought of the strangers with the green glowing eyes terrified her. 
She began to wipe her eyes from the tears that had formed. George appeared in front of her, holding two coffee cups full of delicious hot chocolate milk. Thank you, George, as she wiped another tear from her eyes. Her cheeks were moist and warm. It's okay, Lucy. You did the best that you could. George said this in a tender voice with a sign of compassion. Let's sit down and have a nice hot cup of coffee, a hot cup of hot chocolate. He said this in a bit of a stumbling tone in his voice, for he wasn't sure how to make the situation better. You and I have had a stressful night. We need to rest so we can better deal with this, this whole situation later on. You're right. She pulled herself off the door and kissed her husband on the lips. The rest of the night at the Jones' home was met with silence, hot chocolate, and love. As George did what he knew best, loved the woman he decided to marry 70 years ago. On the other side of town, Margaret pulled up behind her home. So the car was out of sight. She looked at herself in the rear view mirror and what looked back was a terrified person. Her hair looked a mess and her business attire looked ravaged by the massive coffee stain. Her wide eyes and dilated pupils and that frozen expression on her face. With great effort, she detached her hands from the steering wheel and, and slowly opened her door. The thought of making a sound terrified her. The attempt at closing her car door was met with failure. As she accidentally pressed the lock door function on her car keys. The door still managed to also create a creaking despite her best effort to preventing any sound from escaping her. The gravel stones only creaked as she attempted to avoid holes her dog, Samson, had made. Between holes and dog shit, it was a real minefield. As she reached the back door of her home, the light sensor that had not worked for two weeks worked at that very moment. She felt like a prisoner who had the spotlight shine upon from above. Then the barking dog greeted her inside, as loud as he could be. Her attempts to quiet the dog worked with treats, but not before the dog awoke everyone else. Her husband, Bruce, first appeared, yawning and looking a bit annoyed. Where have you been, Margaret, he said with a sleepy but firm tone in his voice. Well, I uh, needed to stay late in the office to finish the big presentation. Margaret sounding a bit defensive. Okay, so 
What's with all of the coffee stains, then, he said, as he began to analyze her further. Oh, I, uh, I actually spilled it on myself while driving, since I, I get so sleepy when it gets this late. Bruce thought of everything he heard. He took his hand and gracefully brushed some of his wife's hair that was covering her face. There was something that his wife was hiding, but he was not ready to probe her any further yet. At least not for now. His wife looked a mess, and this would only lead to arguing and then yelling. As he brushed his wife's face, he could tell the fear that covered her was slowly being replaced with tiredness. A quick kiss would help her, and as his mouth landed onto her lips, he could taste the aftertaste of wine from her lips. As Bruce thought of asking his wife another question, she wrapped her arms around him. She began to sob a bit, and all he could do was hold his wife in his arms. Whatever had happened to her shook her to her core. They stood holding each other with a panting Samson nearby. What was minutes felt like hours. But Bruce knew that in his heart that his wife truly loved him. What are you doing, said Dylan and Abigail, their two children, who were nine and seven. It's okay, guys, go back to bed, said Bruce with a reassuring tone. Your mother has been stressing out with work. Okay, Dylan said as he turned back to return to his room. Abigail rushed to her mother and said, Mom, pick me up. I cannot, sweetie, I'm beat, said Margaret tiredness in her tone. Margaret's body felt like it was ten pounds heavier as what strength she had was fleeting away. Mommy, your nice white outfit looks so dirty, Abigail said with an overreacting tone in her voice. I know, sweetie, but we all need to go to bed and rest and clean up for tomorrow. Bruce rolled his eyes and wanted to correct her, but the marriage counselor they saw a few years ago said that it's better to avoid conflicts. The lights inside of Bruce and Margaret's home was turned off at 3 a.m. Even further away from the accident site, something terrible was happening. Billy O'Brien was a prisoner inside of his own body. The strangers who had taken him did not say a single word. However, their smell more than compensated for the lack of speech. Every attempt to move his fingers was met with inaction. Billy wanted to scream for help but was struggling just to maintain breath. There was a strange sensation of warmth coming from his crotch, 
And the realization that he was pissing on himself dawned on him. His eyes were struggling to remain open, but the pain combined with maintaining breathing, tiredness, and sleepiness was all persistent in his condition. As his eyes darted around, he realized that he was being taken to the woods outside of town. It should have been the first thing he noticed from the strangers, but considering what he had just gone through, it shouldn't be understandable. It wasn't as bright as a flashlight, but it was very noticeable. The green hue, although freaky, it was easy to get lost looking into the green glowing orbs. The feeling of terror was gradually increasing as he realized that he was being taken deeper, even deeper, into the woods, out of sight of anyone from the town. The feeling of being isolated and taken to somewhere private was unnerving to Billy. Staring upwards, he saw the top of the trees disappear below him. But what he did see directly upwards was a full moon and a howling noise off in the distance. And that concludes our episode for today on the Midnight Train to Sleepy Hills. Please stay tuned next week for our next episode and follow the journey.